Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Taglier, and today we're going to get our weekly start-sit show to break down the toughest lineup decisions of your week. We're on Twitter at BobbyFantasyPro and at Mike Taglier NFL. Tags, how's it going, man? Oh, I wish I could say it was better. I um I've been dealing with I don't know, I got body aches today. So it's like it's only it's like every single year I'm I'm like I'm healthy the entire off season and then we get to the season and I just start dealing with stupid sicknesses. So of course that's just that's my week, but um we'll keep on pushing through. Anyway, our guest today is Brandon Marianne Lee of the Athletic and Sportsline. She also does videos for Fantasy Alarm. Brandon, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I uh, always love being on the show, so I appreciate it. And what a crazy first two weeks, so we have a lot to talk about. Yep, definitely. Just a reminder to everyone listening at home, we do have a signed Todd Gurley throwback Rams jersey to give away to one lucky listener. You can submit an entry in 30 seconds by going to fantasypros.com contest. The jersey comes from Pristine Auction, which has hundreds of auctions that end daily. There's something for everyone, so check out what they have for you. Everything is guaranteed authentic from only the most trusted sources. Seriously, you aren't going to believe just how affordable it can be. Just listen to some of these deals I found yesterday. Signed Stefan Diggs Color Rush jersey for 86 bucks. A signed Joe Montana 49ers jersey for 123 And a signed Tags, you're going to like this one. A signed Dick Buckkiss Vintage 1950s cleat for 141 That one looked awesome, man. I'd love to have that in my collection. I'm not even a Chicago fan. That's a neat. That's a neat little tidbit. I didn't know they were selling uh, cleats on there, but that's actually that's a, that's pretty cool. It looks awesome, man. It looks like something that belongs in a museum. Anyways, you guys can go to pristineauction.com. That's P R I S T I N E. And when you buy something, make sure to let them know Fantasy Pro sent you. That way, we can keep doing these giveaways. Okay, guys. Before we get into the football, I wanted to ask this like three weeks ago, but I just forgot. I suddenly remembered right before we did the podcast. So I got blasted on Twitter for a food take I gave. And I wanted to get the opinion from two experts. I said, cake is overrated. It's only a little bit better than bread. Brandon, take it or leave it. Yeah, I love cake. Why? Cake's overrated. It's not very good. Every time I eat it, I'm so disappointed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Tags, do you agree with me, man? Doesn't Isn't cake just lame? Well, I had cake. Uh, my wife, she got like a nothing bunt cake. It's like these these things are amazing. Um, like there's only certain types of cake that I, I will eat. Like, but, but most most cake, though, I am with you on that, that it's overrated. But your tweet today was in regards to donuts and donuts are lovely. If it wasn't like such an, an issue with keeping the weight down because of that, I would eat donuts like all day. Yeah, donuts are amazing. Every time I eat one, like even though I know what's coming. I can't help but smile because it tastes so good. It's, I say I compared donuts this morning to Julio Jones, Brandon, because they're both like so great, but still somehow underrated. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I, I I do wonder if a classic kind of Boston cream could catch more touchdowns, though. I do wonder. <laughs> it might be true. It might happen. Yeah. Okay, guys, we need to talk about a little bit of news, not as much as usual, and then we'll just get all start and sit all over the rest of the show. If we have some time left over, we can talk buy low, sell high trades, and what to do with guys like Le'Veon Bell. So let's start here with the news. A lot of people are excited about Aaron Jones, wondering if maybe he's going to be the starter. No, the Packers came out. They said that he is the number three. Brandon, is he actually the number three, or is this like where Pete Carroll says that Chris Carson's running away with the job and then he gets like six touches? I think they want Jamal Williams to block. They got a quarterback on one knee. They're not going to put Aaron Jones out there right now. I think that's what this is. So from a fantasy perspective, it doesn't mean anything to you. There's still a possibility that if they need to punch one in, it will be Aaron Jones. But in terms of real football, uh, I think this is by far the best decision that they can make. And and they that they need to worry about Aaron Rodgers. And I'm I'm still shocked that he played that full game and is continuing to play like it's no big deal. I want to know what that knee injury is. Like, really? He's like scrambling around, too. Who Who would be surprised if he had a torn meniscus that he's playing on? zero percent surprised I would be zero percent surprised uh so yeah I think this is a blocking issue but we have to act accordingly I I think that puts Aaron Jones in a flex with a lot of downside and that's about it like he could he has some upside don't get me wrong but there's a lot of downside there if he's just not on the field I'd still own Aaron Jones um and actually I posted yesterday I think that Jamal Williams is a buy low candidate right now in trades because everyone's saying well maybe he's going to lose his job but tags I think that Jamal Williams has it at least for the next four or five weeks and when he's the running back he's solid do you agree I don't know if I'd say buy low because I'm hesitant just because Aaron Jones is probably more of a, an electric running back, but his role is safe on the team. He's not going anywhere. And we talked about this before the season, guys. We said if you drafted Jamal Williams, 
understand that there's risk because Aaron Jones is going to be coming back in week three and Jamal Williams played the Bears and the Vikings in the first two weeks. Those are not easy matchups for any running back, let alone, you know, someone from the Packers. So, yeah. So, of course, he didn't look great. And everyone's like, OK, well, he's going to lose his job now. So I'll sell him. I think you can get him for dirt cheap. Right. He looked he looked somewhat pedestrian. I'm not going to say that he looked great in the games, but he is a great pass blocker and he saved Aaron Rodgers butt against the Bears. So uh, I definitely think that there's reason that he's still on the field. All right, Brandon, we heard that Leonard Fournette is going to practice today. We're recording this on Wednesday if you're listening on Thursday. And T.J. Yeldon actually has an ankle injury. So, Leonard Fournette, is he back to uh, an RB1 this week for you, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, I guess he has to. Uh, I think this more affects uh, Keelan Cole and Blake Bortles than anything else, to be honest with you. Bortles looked fantastic this week. He did. He always does when Fournette's hurt, right? Yeah, exactly. Whenever Leonard is out, they put the team on Blake Bortles' back, and he always comes through. He really does. Um, And he comes through for fantasy as well. Also, when he's at home, he plays incredibly well. I just think uh, this is about Blake Bortles. This is not um, as much, in my opinion, uh, about uh, Leonard Fournette. If Leonard Fournette plays, you play him. Like, I, I just don't understand why you would do anything other than that. But is, is Blake Bortles going to throw four touchdowns next week? Probably not. They'll pre- he'll probably go back into his shell because the Jags coaching staff is going to say, well, you're not allowed to make any mistakes again, so just go back to being Blake Bortles and hopefully we'll win. Even though they never lose when Fournette's injured. Right. No, they don't. It's unbelievable. But I will say this. I don't think they need to do much against Tennessee. So I think it's going to look like that Giants game where he only threw for 176 yards and a touchdown, right? Because uh, they just didn't need to do much more. I think it's going to be like that again with Tennessee. I think the same way with the Jets. I think he comes back alive at KC in week five. You know, Bortles is the perfect streamer. He is exactly why you do late round quarterback on top of also Patrick Mahomes and Ryan Fitzpatrick, obviously. But the point is, is that he has been someone that's incredibly easy to stream. You know exactly when he's going to ball out and you just play him then. Now, Tags, with Yeldon being out and Tennessee having a very good run defense, is this the kind of week where maybe Corey Grant is someone you could use in the flex? Uh, no, I, I don't think I don't know if Yeldon's going to be out. I, I don't know if it, I don't think it was like a high ankle sprain or anything like that. It might just be like a reason that they, they want Fournette back on the field and they took their time. They gave him a week off and it was fine because they debated playing him last week. So I think he was close and uh, having the essentially two weeks in between games. I think Fournette's going to be fine. Corey Grant, he looked he looked good in the role they had him play, but it's a different game this week. I don't think they need to use that screen game. I don't think they need to pass the ball to him as many times as they did last week. Uh, Fournette against Tennessee. So Tennessee has been a top five run defense the last two years. They've been really good. However, the new coaching staff, the new linebackers there, they've been not as good. I mean, when you look at the, the level of competition over the first two weeks between Kenyon Drake and the, the, the Dolphins offensive line that's not built to run block, you look at Houston Texans last week with Lamar Miller, and these two teams combined, each team put over 100 yards on the ground against them. So maybe... Just maybe this is not an elite run defense anymore under the new coaching staff and missing some of the parts that they did that they had on the uh, the front seven last year. So I'm not running from Leonard Fournette. If you have him and if he's active, you put him in your lineup and you expect some fantasy points. I agree. I think he's a, a definite start. And Corey Grant, I'm shying away. But I've had some questions, so I wanted to bring it up. Uh, now, guys, let's move on over to the start set uh, and start with the quarterback position. And this is the position for whatever reason. Obviously, it's not as important as Brandon just mentioned. I get the most questions about start set for quarterbacks. Is it just because there's so much volatility from week to week and hard decisions and running backs? It's like, well, we know he's going to get 15 touches wide receivers. We know he's going to get targets. I I don't understand why we get all these questions for quarterbacks tags. Well, I mean, it's just because of what's happened over the first couple of weeks that people are starting to question their sanity. Like Russell Wilson is currently the QB 16. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Patrick Mahomes are the number one and number two quarterbacks. But I want to stop for a second and just remind everyone. I think uh, so. Heath Cummings from CBS, uh, he actually had a good tweet recently, uh, said two through two weeks of 2017. Listen to this. Trevor Simeon was the number one fantasy quarterback. Ty Montgomery was the number three fantasy running back. J.J. Nelson was the number two receiver. Jason Witten was the number one tight end. So don't literally just like the people on my timeline telling me like, why isn't Will Disley a top 12 tight end going forward? Because I don't believe in Will Disley, the talent. And if he hadn't scored a touchdown at the end of that game last night, his stat line would have looked like crap. So it's like, we have to understand it's just two weeks. Now we have to pay attention to the things that matter, which we've talked about in the show, how many routes they're running, how many snaps they're playing. But um, understand guys, like there's some names atop the leaderboards right now, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Austin Eckler, Jesse James, that aren't going to be there at year's end. So we have to kind of look forward and not look backward. 
I love Heath. He has some great tweets from time to time. I just went on his timeline, and I'm retweeting that one because I want to remind everybody it is very important. And, yeah, Will Disley. Brandon, can you tell everyone why picking up Will Disley doesn't make any sense? I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. You guys, uh, I'm going to say something. I'm going to – this will be my first hot take of this show, and I apologize. I feel like every time I come on here, people are like, it's so hot take. And I'm like, no, I just – I'm looking at the numbers differently than the people. You guys, he played in 71% of the snaps last week. You're right. Will Disley's had, on the field. They 14 touchdowns to tight ends last year. And they, Doug Baldwin's out. Doug Baldwin's out. They only have Tyler Lockett. I don't. I think they're ignoring Brandon Marshall. It's like he doesn't even exist. Uh, then they've got Jerron Brown. I think Nick Vanette and Will Disley are going to be on the field a lot. But Nick Vanette was only on the field 39% of the time last week. I think Will Disley may have won the job. And I think they will target him. And I know this sounds crazy, but this is about opportunity. It isn't always about talent. And I know that upsets a lot of people. And I love talent, too. But they're all talented. Let's be real. They're in the NFL. Uh, But they don't have anyone else. I genuinely believe those short passes are going to be consistent throughout the season because Russell Wilson is continuously under attack. And they have to throw the ball. I think Rashad Penny's coming back. I think that Will Disley is like the actual starter here. If this guy is on the field 71% of the time and they don't have anyone else to throw to, the tight end position is trash. It is complete garbage. Greg Olson's out. Delaney Walker and Greg Olson come back. Give me a break. We heard this last year too. I'm not taking it. So we're looking at desperate times here. I think you can do worse than Will Disley. And I know I'm in the minority here, but I just don't see anyone else on the depth chart that's going to threaten him. It's interesting. That's an interesting take. I haven't heard anyone defend Will Disley, and frankly, I wasn't really willing to listen to you on it, but you changed my mind a little bit. I moved him up from <laughs> uh, from tight end 35 rest of the season to uh, low-end tight end 2. I mean, I can see some appeal, at least until Baldwin comes back. Um, so, I mean, that was really hard to do. That, that Congratulations. That was That was impressive. Well, I'm using numbers. I mean, listen, I don't want to be hot takey if I don't have numbers to back it up. This is not me saying that I think Will Disley is like Hall of Fame material here. This is not the case. But the Seattle Seahawks are tragic. So you're saying in week three, he is going to put up more receiving yards over the first three weeks than he did in his entire college career? Yeah. (laughs) It's weird. The NFL is weird, but I think you're right. I, if a guy's on the field 71% of the time, we cannot continue to ignore him. And that, I understand, and I, I agree. I thought this was nuts. And I have a little bit of Nick Vanette in my life, and now I'm like, oh, I guess I was looking at the wrong guy that no one knows. Um, because I, I just, I don't think he's going away because there's no one else there. It's very, very weird. So, yeah, I, I know it doesn't make any sense in terms of, like, how we evaluate talent coming into the league. But today, Will Disley has this, the third most targets on the team, 12.5% of the target share has gone to Will Disley over the first two weeks. That is crazy. Five in each game. He had uh, he had 25 receptions for 336 yards and three touchdowns in his whole college career. And he came in as a defensive lineman. This is just weird, Tags. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's definitely weird. And Disley was overdrafted by the Seahawks by many, like many people thought that, but he was he was anticipating to be the, the blocking tight end. So to see his snap counts higher than Vanette's wasn't surprising to me. What was surprising to me, though, is that like when I dug into that game, he actually ran twice as many routes as Vanette, too. So he is the number one tight end there. I, it's something I've had to rethink. Now, do I think he's more talented than Vanette as a receiver? I don't. I, I still don't. Oh, of course not. No, no. I want to be clear, too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. But we have to, like, if he's getting double the routes of Annette, he's obviously the number one there. And he's going against the Cowboys team this week that, you know, they, Greg Olson played just part of that game. And then Evan Ingram, those two combined for nine targets, nine catches, 110 yards and a touchdown. So it, it's not a bad matchup either. So if Disley, if there is a matchup where he's going to keep things going, I suppose it's probably this one. You know, I was going to start with quarterbacks, but I took us off the rail. So let's just continue at tight end. So where do you have Disley for weekly rankings? Like, is he a top 12 guy for you right now, Brandon, or were you just desperate? Well, I mean, in some leagues, I am desperate. Yeah. I really... Everyone's desperate at tight end, Yeah, I mean, (laughs) to be honest with you, yeah, I think if anyone has touchdown upside, I think it's Will Disley. And I'm embarrassed that I'm picking him up places. I'm embarrassed by a lot of things. By the way, fourth on the team in targets is Rashad Penny. Just want to put that out there as well. I don't think there's anyone else. So I have him ranked actually at 14 this week. Um, so in really deep leagues, he'd be in there or he's a flyer. But I may actually move him up a little bit. I don't like anyone. 
I mean, I, I have a really difficult time. If you don't have the top three guys, and I know that this was a big debate going into the fantasy season, and I'd love to hear you guys take on this. I did target those top three guys because I felt like the drop-off was just so extreme. Um, and now I feel even better about it because if I didn't target them, I waited for Greg Olson or Delaney Walker. And let me tell you, that's where I'm screwed because there's no one. I am picking up Jesse James. I'm picking up Will Disley. It's just like throwing, you know, whatever sticks against the wall. So, yeah, unfortunately, I know a lot of fantasy players out there are with us right now. And they're saying, I do not want to put Will Disley in my starting lineup. And I agree. But we are in desperate times at the tight end position. It's really bad. And Jack Doyle splitting targets with Eric Ebron. Um, I, I thought O.J. Howard would be out there, but there's always some weirdo in, in every league who has two tight ends. And he's like, yeah, I'll just have O.J. Howard on my bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when your best options are this or Jared Cook, and you're like, where where am I in my life? You know, do the Broncos have a tight end? Where's Tyler Eifert? Why aren't they actually using him the way that we were hoping? Um, Evan Engram's a stud. I mean, he's the other one that I would feel good about because seven catches in a game is really good for a tight end, you guys. Um, but there are so many disappointments when you just go down. I mean, how many people did George Kittle screw over last week? Uh, what's going on with Antonio Gates? Do the Cowboys have a tight end? No. Trey Burton, hit or miss. We were hoping he'd be more involved. Ricky Seals-Jones is great always on the field but he's got Sam Bradford dragging him down I mean I could go through this whole list there is not one person that I like David Njoku by the way if you guys are listening like I'd say that he's a start this week and I know his game is taking place uh, tomorrow night against the Jets but he's he's run 78 routes that's third among tight ends uh the production is going to come uh whether it's with Tyrod Taylor or Baker Mayfield but Tyrod's going to have to get better with Josh Gordon gone Njoku is the red zone target. I th- I, there's a lot of people targeting Antonio Callaway right now. I think David Njoku is the actual guy that you should be going out to get. I have him ranked at number 11 this week. Uh, I do think he's a start, and I think he's going to be – It's him and O.J. Howard are the two players who were outside the top 12 rankings before the season that I feel comfortable with going forward in their roles. I've got David Njoku number 8 this week, which is weird, Tex, because we were both low on him going into the season, but you have to adjust. And I've got Jared Cook number 11. I can't believe this. Well, I mean, they don't have Josh Gordon anymore. They don't have Corey Coleman anymore. The Duke Johnson's got, like, two receptions through th- two games. Like, it's a joke. So, I mean, Njoku is the only red zone target right now. So, losing Josh Gordon does wonders for David Njoku's projection. Is Kyle Rudolph someone we can still feel good about, or is it just kind of like, well, I guess I got to use him. Same with Jack Doyle. Um, I don't know where you're at with Brandon, but I I mean, last week we had Kirk Cousins throw the ball 48 times, so it's not really shocking to see Rudolph with eight targets in that game. But, I mean, going back to the week one game they had, he had, what, one target? He caught one pass? Kyle Rudolph is like, he's just a touchdown or bust option to me this week because Buffalo, they're not going to throw the ball more than maybe 28 times. And if you're going to get Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen production, where is Kyle Rudolph getting it from? So um, I would actually, I have Kyle Rudolph at number 12 this week. I'm not a huge fan, but again, a touchdown simply puts you in the top 12. So Brandon, what do you make about Austin Hooper? I know people are excited about last week, but I watched the film and he was like wide open. Because of who they were playing, Carolina just left the middle of the field wide open. I don't know if that happens against New Orleans. I mean, I understand their defense hasn't been as good as we expected, but he's not a tight end one, is he? Again, I mean, where are we in life? I, I, I just don't like anyone else. So, unfortunately, listen, the number one target there is Julio Jones to a point of almost absurdity. He has 26.7% of the target, you know, share there. But next is Austin Hooper with 8% with nine targets. Uh, he had four in week one, five in week two. He did catch all five in week two, and obviously the touchdown helps. Uh, I just think there's a possibility anyone can score on the Saints, which is the only upside here. I think we don't like to talk about touchdowns from an analytics perspective because it's obviously a much more difficult thing to, to nail down. Although red zone usage is a good indicator, so the idea that it's completely a dart throw is, is inaccurate. But I would say the tight end position is so dire that if you are throwing darts, as they say, I think you do need to look at touchdown upside as a, a, a possibility of differentiating two. And to me, this is going to be a high scoring game, divisional showdown. Um, I thought people way overreacted on the Falcons in week one. I mean, they were playing the Super Bowl champs at home opening day in terrible weather. And yeah, no one looked good. Okay, well, uh, a lot of defenses are actually quite good. That happens. Then they go out there, they ball the second game. I think it's going to be fine, everybody. Um, And I think Austin Hooper is going to be a matchup dependent. But I guess the Saints, if you're not going to play a tight end against the Saints, you probably can't play him at all. Uh, O.J. Howard and David Njoku the first two weeks against the Saints combined for just six catches for 74 yards. The Saints were actually really good against tight ends last year. I think there was there was one game where they allowed Greg Olson to kind of like go off, but Greg Olson's more of like a receiver. Um, but to know that they held Njoku and Howard in check, I'm not playing Hooper this week. Yeah, I don't have Hooper in my top 12. I've got him at 15, so it's like worst case scenario. But really, I think that you could easily pick up Austin Safarian Jenkins or even Benjamin Watson 
Mark Andrews would be horrible to use, but like if all these guys are owned, that's who I would go with against Denver because he's starting in, in Baltimore and they get Denver, who gave up 12 or 14 touchdowns to tight ends last year. And so he's got a decent chance at, you know, two receptions, 20 yards, and a touchdown, which is which is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tight ends are so stupid, right? All right, guys, we'll go to the next position here in just a second. But first, a word from one of our sponsors, NFL Game Pass. Only with NFL Game Pass can you replay every game all season. It's NFL football anytime on your time. There were so many great games last weekend, including the Mahomes six-touchdown game. You get to go back and watch all of it. You can replay any of these games from every angle. There's the broadcast version, commercial-free. There's Coach's Film, which shows the all-22 angle the pros and coaches use. Then there's Condensed Games, which I love to watch these. You can see them in 45 minutes, so I can watch every Sunday game in about three and a half, four hours. Remember, with NFL Game Pass, it's game time anytime. Best of all, you can kick off your 2018 NFL season with a seven-day free trial of NFL Game Pass. Sign up now at nfl.com slash fantasy pros. Game on. What do you say we hit some wide receivers? Because I think that's like the big area where I've, I've seen the most of my questions on my timeline with wide receivers this week. Like, how do you guys feel? Let's pretend that Marquise Goodwin plays this week. How do you guys feel about him against Kansas City? Now, I know a lot of people are expecting Garoppolo to have a big week, but don't like don't l- overlook the fact that Kansas City, their defense is different. Obviously, it doesn't look good. We get that. But they have played better at Arrowhead Stadium. They Every player has talked about Arrowhead Stadium as like the second most difficult place to play outside of Seattle. Kansas City has shown that. I mean, over the last two years, I want to say that they allow six fewer points per game while at home. So what do we make of Marquise Goodwin coming back from this quad injury if he does, in fact, play? Brandon, who would, what are some names like that you'd start? Would you start Sammy Watkins over him on the other side of the field? Mm, I, I don't think so. It's close. It's close. It's really close, though. I had to pause, and I am not a Sammy girl, as you know. I have been on Team Tyreek forever. But I would say I need to see how okay he is. This is a this is a tough question on a Wednesday. On Friday, I'd have a better answer for you. I feel like if he's 100% healthy, they have to use him, and he will at least get volume. I mean, I, I think that that would be the case. If he's still hobbling into starting, then it's a no for me, and I'll, put, I'll start Sammy Watkins. But they need him. I mean, they really do. And Garoppolo's had a really tough start to the season. You know, I thought he'd look better in week two than he did. He looked fine, but he did not look like someone that I was like, ooh, I can't wait to stream him on my fantasy team again, you know? So I feel like this game might be a trap. Okay. I, I agree. I think it's going to be under what they're projecting because I want to say the projected over-under was really high in this game. 56.5. Yeah, that's stupid. I, I Yeah. I would pick the under in this game all day. Yeah, I'm taking the under on that as well. I will say this. Even if Marquise Goodwin comes back, I think Dante Pettis is still in play, and Pierre Garçon has kind of disappeared into nowhere because Pettis got more snaps, quite a few more snaps than Garçon last week. I think Pettis has moved into that number two role behind Goodwin. I think they're both startable. Guys, I don't know what to do with Will Fuller. I got to admit it. Like, I wasn't excited about him going into the season. I thought he just wasn't going to get as much usage. He was so terrible in the second half, but they've been using him quite a bit. Tags, I've got him as a start right now. Where do you have him? I have him at number 30. I don't know how to feel about him either. <laughs> like, it's just like Deshaun Watson is willing to throw it up to his wide receivers and give them a chance to win. Um, so, I mean, you have to like that about Fuller because he could beat most field pe- like cornerbacks down the field. And this week, DeAndre Hopkins might see shadow coverage from Janoris Jenkins, which would leave Will Fuller with Eli Apple. Now, Eli Apple was a, a cornerback who was in danger of getting benched. Uh, prior to the season but the new coaching staff coming in talked to him he said he got his head straight and they said he looks like a new player I don't think a player's talent level just changes overnight I mean Eli Apple has played well through the first two weeks but I don't think he's equipped to handle someone like Will Fuller so I do have Will Fuller in the wide receiver three range I know some people are going to have him higher than that uh, but I just worry about the time that Deshaun Watson is going to have uh, in terms of like getting the ball downfield to Will Fuller so wide receiver three range he's like the middle of that he's an upside play for sure I can't feel good about it but like that's where I'm projecting him so yeah I guess I would tell people to start him over Michael Crabtree Pierre Garcon guys like that well yeah I mean like Brennan so what's your take on this because like Will it's Will Fuller or you're choosing between him and guys like maybe like Keelan Cole maybe a guy like Quincy Anunwa or Kenny Stills like where would you put these guys I'm a Stills truther so he goes first but I'm also kind of a Will Fuller truther as well uh I I genuinely believe that Will Fuller is a key part to what makes Deshaun Watson click I think we saw that last week. They need to have that Tecmo Bowl kind of play style that they had in the first season. 
eight receptions. You just can't really ignore that first game back. He was a first-round pick. It's weird. I think it's because he's small. It doesn't feel like he's a high draft pick pedigree. You know what I'm saying? Like, it kind of always feels a little fluky. But they drafted him for a reason to play this role. So, um, I yeah, I actually do like him this week. I think this is going to be very fascinating. I think he and DeAndre Hopkins, it's very difficult to defend that. They need that. Deshaun Watson behind that line is very scary. And I agree with you. I mean, that's why you never feel good about this. Because if they have a decent defense going after them, they're just, you know, screwed. And I know that that's what we're talking about here. But I still think that, that they're going to be fine. And I just feel like they adding Will Fuller adds such a good dimension to them. And I think... I mean, you can't ignore an eight-reception, 113-yard touchdowns line. And he keeps doing it. I mean, we keep saying it's not going to keep happening, and then it keeps doing it. They're at home. They're against the Giants. I'm not afraid of the Giants. So, uh, yeah, I I guess I'm higher on Will Fuller than a lot of other people. Okay. I mean, I've got him as a wide receiver three, so I think he is a play. I just feel weird about it. Somebody else, a lot of people are going to feel weird about playing is Robert Woods because, yeah, Brandon Cooks has looked good. Todd Gurley's still there. Cooper Cup's going to get his. But if you look at air yards, Robert Woods is among the top in the league. He is getting plenty of opportunities. He's a quality player. It's a great offense. I think Robert Woods is a must-start. Do you agree with me, Tegs? I wouldn't call him a must-start this week. The Chargers, I know they haven't looked great, or they didn't look great in week one against Kansas City, but hey, Tyreek Hill's going to do that to a secondary. He's just going to make it look stupid. Like, seriously. And the, the fact that Joey Bosa is out, I mean, that literally changes the entire look of that defense, and you wouldn't think that one player does that, but Bosa is that player. Um, they haven't looked the same. They even allowed Josh Allen to throw a touchdown last week. So, um, But Robert Woods, I still think he's number three in the pecking order. I think Brandon Cooks, to see him get nine targets in each of the first two games is, like, massive, considering Sammy Watkins did that once all last year so Woods is the one who's gonna like that's gonna eat into his targets I know he he's still there in in terms of targets but he's not getting the red zone looks Cooper Cup is still that guy Cooper Cup's like the safety valve over the middle of the field Woods is gonna match up I would assume that uh, Casey Hayward will shadow Brandon Cooks this week which means Robert Woods will get Trevor Williams and he's been really good like last year alongside Hayward he was really good now granted he hasn't had to hold his coverage very long because the Chargers had a pass rush so I have Woods at like that. He's like at 38 in my rankings right now. I don't love him. Uh, I don't think that he's like a must sit or anything like that. I mean, that's a flex play in most leagues. Yeah, I just don't think he's like a must play. Like I would be torn between someone like him and Corey Davis, who's going against the Jags this week. Yeah, I'm using Corey Davis anyway, man. I mean, you don't get a 33% target share and sit on my bench, even if you're going up against the Jags. I don't know. Brandon, Brandon, what do you think? Would you play Corey Davis? Oh, the Titans. (laughs) um no I probably would not play Corey Davis okay I just think he's so capped right now I don't there's not one thing I like about that offense Corey Davis I like Corey Davis about that offense I mean I I like volume on any player so I mean okay but that doesn't differentiate him to me there are other people getting like similar volume that I would start over him on other teams that are not playing the Jags that are not away that do not have a quarterback who can't throw and that's any of the options I, th- I think it's a real it's a real problem I'm worried that the the Rams are going to dominate this game against the Chargers it's basically a home game I mean they're both they're both playing the same stadium but we know Chargers fans don't show up so it's essentially a Rams home game Chargers fans don't exist yeah there are no charge there, there is no home, home game for the Chargers it's really sad so I I just feel like this game could get away fast which is why I'm not quite sure they're going to have to do as much throwing I think this is a big Todd Gurley game I just think he's going to just go crazy without Bosa there. Yep, he should. Whatever. Yeah, it's a bummer. I thought the Chargers were going to be really good this year. Uh, Another player I want to talk about is Kenny Galladay, and I get it. He's been really good. In fact, on tape, he looks like the best receiver on the Lions. Uh, We know Golden Tate's still getting plenty of opportunities. Marvin Jones was a top five wide receiver last year. And I just feel a little skeptical of thinking Kenny Galladay is going to keep getting this kind of usage. Plus, he's the big guy. Stephon Gilmore tends to line up against the bigger guy. Uh, am I crazy to worry about starting this week, or Brandon, do you think he's a must-start? Mm, I, I don't know if I'm going to say must-start, but I am going to say that the Detroit Lions are always a pass-first team. This was my biggest problem with the carry-on Johnson hype, is that I was like, they're always going to pass on at least 65% of their downs. That's how they've been doing it for years. So Jim Bob Cooter is the offensive coordinator. That didn't change. They have mostly the same personnel on the offensive side of the ball. So I think they're going to throw enough to 
perhaps support three different people. It's just there might be more of a rotation that we like. So Yeah. Well, well the fact that they're not throwing to tight ends like actually helps. And so Galladay, people have been on me about this one saying, are you willing to change your mind on this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm willing to change to the point where it's like, okay, he's fantasy relevant. But the question is, can they support three fantasy relevant wide receivers every single week? And if that, and if you say no to that, then it obviously comes down to which one are you going to choose between Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay because Golden Tate is always going to get his, especially against New England, who really struggles with slot receivers. So uh, I, I don't know if Stephon Gilmore shadows uh, Kenny Galladay, though, because I think Marvin Jones is he's a bigger guy, too. He's not like a small guy. Um, he's known as the throw it up in one on one situations and he's going to win him most of the time. I think there's an interesting dynamic here because you have, you know, Bill Belichick going against his former defensive coordinator. You have, you know, Matt Patricia in the Lions going against, you know, all those guys guys that he knows from that team so it's really interesting uh, I have both Galladay and Marvin Jones I think this is one week where they can support three fantasy relevant wide receivers because unlike Kansas City I think this game is going to be a shootout uh, you have Darius Slay they announced that he is uh, most likely going to be out for this game that's huge you have Josh Gordon who's probably going to get on the field this week this game has shootout potential written all over it so I do think that Galladay is a must play uh, I have him right now he's currently my number 24 receiver so um, yeah I, I do consider him a must play and let me say this Detroit has thrown on 76.43% of their offensive snaps this year. Oh, wow. Do you, do you know how crazy that is? Number two is New Orleans, who's had to throw for their life because their defense hasn't been able to stop anyway. And they've thrown for 70%. Then it's down to 68. Now, before you get like all like, oh, but you know, it's just two games or what have you. No, and I agree. I agree. But last year, they threw the second most in the NFL at 62.96 in 2017, right? So it's not like this is something new. Even if you go go back another year let's say we go to 2016 right okay they 64.6 percent of the time it is always more than everyone else which was third most in the league that year they're one two or three every single season nothing else has changed that's why i say it's different with this three wide receiver thing i mean it'd be one thing if 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 this was you know buffalo or something i mean obviously they can't support (laughs) something like that (laughs) but or even you know a, a team that that runs a little bit more like cincinnati is a lot more into balance right? Philadelphia, you know, they're, they're teams that are going to always have like some like pretty stout, you know, run game in there. Uh, Tennessee, even the Rams, right? Because of Todd Gurley. But Detroit, why do they even need a running back? If you were throwing on 76% of the snaps, who cares? You're right. Mm-hmm. You're definitely right. Okay. So another player that uh, a lot of people have been asking me about is Quincy Nunwa. Is he for real? Uh, I think that he's a must-play every single week. Tags, are you with me? Not not every week. Like, if he went up against the Jags, yeah, I wouldn't use him. But with the target share he's getting right now, Sam Darnold seems to love him. Yeah, it's pretty hard to bench Quincy Nunwa right now. When you look at the Jets' uh, wide receiver core, you see him with 21 targets, Terrell Pryor with 11, Robbie Anderson with 6. I do think Robbie Anderson starts finding his way back into the mix, whereas Pryor starts falling off, especially since he said he essentially caused the interception late in the game for Sam Darnold. So... Anun was clearly the favorite. He's done nothing, literally nothing to say he shouldn't see those targets. He looks fantastic. And he actually should have two touchdowns because Darnold overthrew him in the back of the end zone on a play where there was nobody within five yards of him. So Quincy Anunwa, fantastic play. I currently have him at number 26. I would actually consider starting him over Larry Fitzgerald. We don't even know if Fitzgerald plays this week, but I think Quincy Anunwa is just a safer play. I like Anunwa, man. I used him last week in cash games. I know that doesn't make me special. Everyone used a noon one, but he was such an easy play. I had a lot of fun on FanDuel last week because I was in the running for a GPP. And uh, you know how fun that... Well, it wasn't like exactly GPP. I play in these satellite contests where you can... It's like one in a thousand wins a huge ticket or like four in a thousand wins a ticket to like a $1,500 contest. And then when you make it to that, it's it's amazing. It's so much fun. It's like a live event, right? Um, but I'm never going to spend 1500 on a GPP. So getting in there and doing those satellites, it's a blast for me. If you guys want to check it out, you can get a satellite right now. That will send you to the million dollar contest. That way you can get a chance at winning a million dollars on FanDuel.com. In that contest, they're giving away $3 million. They've also got uh, a survivor contest going on. All kinds of cool stuff at FanDuel. Check out what they have for you. It's FanDuel.com. Their app is also really fun. Okay, let's talk about a couple more wide receivers. Tags and I both love John Brown. Brandon, what do you think about him against Denver, though? Can we play him? 
Yeah, he's going to avoid Chris Harris in the slot, so I'm not too concerned. It, this will be an interesting game. You know, this is going to be the first time that the Broncos are going to be on the road. And um, one of the less talked about home field advantages certainly is Denver with the altitude. And I think we saw that in both weeks one and week two. So they won't have that benefit there. Um, Baltimore defense is pretty good. Uh, so look for, um, you know, the classic uh, three touchdown, three interception game from Case Keenum. But you know what? <laughs> I'll collect those points, uh, you know, uh, and I, I think on the other side of the ball, they're going to have to throw. I, I do think that the Broncos will score more on the the Baltimore Ravens. Who are they? We saw two different teams. I don't know who you are. The only person I like is John Brown on a consistent basis. So I'm with you. OK, uh, now, Chris Godwin, I'm actually I talked about him in the waiver wire show that, you know, the Bucs said he was their their one B. They're really excited about him. He looks awesome. You know what? Deshaun Jackson outsnapped him in week two. Tags, does this worry you about Godwin? And does this make Jackson a must play against Pittsburgh? Well, it has worried me about Godwin, and I, I've talked about that before in saying that like I'm I, I like to have him on my bench for sure, but I think it would take an injury to either Deshaun Jackson or Mike Evans for be him to be like a, a consistent, reliable fantasy wide receiver because Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't gonna throw four touchdowns every single game. Uh, against Pittsburgh, I think both of them can be considered top forty five plays. Agree. Um uh, Deshaun Jackson, I have it forty right now. I have Godwin at 45 I haven't really dug deep that's the last game that I have to go through um so I'm gonna I'm gonna look more into it I don't know if Joe Hayden's gonna play this game because he if he's out again that's gonna like increase the likelihood that Ryan Fitzpatrick has another great game so uh, I need to look at the practice report it needs to go through all that but Godwin's a talent but at the same time again he is splitting snaps with Deshaun Jackson Adam Humphreys and Mike Evans so it's tough for all those guys including O.J. Howard, who is essentially another wide receiver, you know, going off for 75-yard touchdowns, mm-hmm. it's going to be really tough for him to be consistent. He's a better, like, DFS play if Mike Evans is uh, in a tough matchup. All right, guys, let's move on over and talk about some running backs. Then we'll get to quarterbacks, maybe hit up a few DSTs, talk about the Browns, um, which is just kind of crazy to say. Uh, a lot of people have been asking about Matt Breida. Yeah, he had the big game, but is he going to keep splitting carries or is he someone that we can actually trust? This week in Kansas City, Brandon, what do you think? I really encourage everyone to look at the running back position right now. Um, Matt Breed is the number one rusher right now. Number three is Philip Lindsay. So when you keep calling him a pass catching back, I'm like, oh, that's funny. It's a really tough road out there for running backs. I think that there are a lot of people who had a lot of high draft picks uh, that have not worked out thus far, right? If you have Devonta Freeman, he hasn't been on the field. Leonard Fournette, same kind of deal. Uh, Alex Collins, who is the guy? Like I said, I don't even understand the Ravens in general, but certainly the Alex Collins, Javoris Allen debate is going to rage forever. But Matt Breida seems to be the guy over Alfred Morris moving forward. I thought it would be Alfred Morris because I thought they'd kind of want to do a little more ground and pound. But I think that the loss of Marquise Goodwin really boosted the usage of Matt Breida in general. So now he's just kind of doing it all. So I think this is circumstance. Like Breida's better, but Morris fits the system more. So I thought Morris would get the run. But yeah, I'm glad they're giving it to Breida. I can't wait to see what he becomes with more touches. Yeah, I don't know how you don't start him. I mean, Brita, Philip Lindsay, Chris Thompson, like at a certain point, you have to trust the usage. Um, and right now, as I said, though, I you know, there are four quarterbacks that are on pace to beat Drew Brees' completion number. That's a record. 471 completions in a single season. There are four on pace for that. People are throwing like crazy right now. That's why we're not seeing a lot of run back usage. There's only, I think, 10 to 15 um, running backs who are averaging 55 yards per game rushing. Just 55, which is like nothing. So we don't have a lot of options here, people. So I don't know how you don't at least have Matt Breida as a flex, especially in a game where they're going to need to get creative against an offense that's just, I mean, the definition of just like throwing it down the field and scoring points. So they're going to have to keep the ball moving. And how you do that is with Matt Breida. Tags, I'm sure you agree. Does this mean we can't use Alfred Morris, though? Yeah, Alfred Morris is not a great play this week. Um, I, again, going into Kansas City, I, I'm a little bit worried about the atmosphere there. The game script seems like it's going to be one where they're going to have to throw a little bit. And if you look at like last week, James Conner, you know, he's he's known as a bruising back that would I would say is better than Alfred Morris at this point in his career. Uh, he had just 17 yards on nine carries, but he added 48 yards through the air. And if you go back to week one, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler combined for 189 yards and a touchdown through the air against them. So knowing that Breida has a three to one uh, ratio in, in, in regards to Alfred Morris and targets, he's the play here. So, I mean, you're going to pick one of them every single week. It seems like I thought Morris would have scored last week, but it was Brita who got the long touchdown. And Brandon, I think that's crazy that he leads the NFL in yards. I like had to double check that because I'm like, 
in rushing yards, really? And guys, like, it's a joke. If you look, it's real. The top five names in rushing yards this season are Matt Breida, Joe Mixon, Philip Lindsay, Lamar Miller, and James Conner. Awesome. That is <laughs> just like we knew. Just like we all knew. Obviously, we all knew that coming in. But uh, yeah, Matt Breida is my number 24 running back play. So I'd actually call him an RB2 rather than a flex. Oh, I've got him higher, man. I mean, what's the difference between him and Jarek McKinnon? Everyone's drafting Jarek McKinnon in the third round. The only difference really is that Matt Breida is uh, more athletic. J- Jarek McKinnon is more talented than Matt Breida. I disagree. I disagree too, man. We have five years of NFL tape that says otherwise. Yep. And Matt Breida's combine numbers were through the roof. I mean, McKinnon was good too, but like Breida is a super athlete. I don't care about athleticism. It, they're all athletes in the NFL. Yeah, you're right. But then why do you care about Jarek McKinnon? He has no stat lines that support him being a bell cow back. Jarek McKinnon was miscast. He was supposed to be Adrian Peterson's replacement. He was never that running back. But what I'm talking about... But he did, lost out the job to Matt Oziata and and Latavius Murray. Believe me, I get it. Latavius Murray looked really good last year. However, I don't think that Jarek McKinnon should have been a three-down back. I didn't want him. I wasn't going to draft him as a number 12 running back this year. However, he is a much better receiver than Matt Breida. And Breida is just a guy. Like, he's the definition of just a guy. Like, he's someone that you put in Kyle Shanahan's offense. He's going to have games where he produces. I think this is one of those weeks. But he's, he doesn't do anything elite. There's nothing that he does. And I think Jarek McKinnon is one of, like, the better pass-catching running backs in the NFL. We all thought Philip Lindsay was just a guy, too. But Philip Lindsay is awesome. <laughs> I didn't say Philip Lindsay was just a guy. I said I thought he was a timeshare back. Yeah, you didn't. Philip Lindsay is, is not just a guy. Philip Lindsay's Brian Westbrook. Uh, what, do, what do you think, Brandon? Is he a start? Oh, God. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Watch the tape, man. Watch watch them back to back. Watch Brian Westbrook. Watch Philip Lindsay. You called Philip Lindsay Brian. This is like the hot take of all hot takes. They are the same type of player. Yes, I said it. Oh, God. I'm not going to compare people to Hall of Famers after two weeks. Thank you. Thank you. But I am going to say that Tom Brady was also just a guy, but the system made him elite. And I think that's what we're looking at with Matt Breida. I don't care if he's just a guy. Just a guy in the NFL is still athletic enough to get me the fantasy points I need in the right system. And to me, that's what's happening in San Francisco. Oh, I agree with that. I, I was just saying that I think Jarek McKinnon's a better player than Matt Breida. That's all. By the way, Pat Fitzmorris that came on our show, he agrees. He thinks that he looks just like Brian Westbrook. He said that's a perfect comp. Perfect you, you, comp. you guys are high. You guys are smoking something. Pat was a top 15 most accurate, top 10 maybe last year. So I don't know, man. I think you're the odd man out. Your player your player comps need some work. That's all I'm saying. All right. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> Phil Blinzy is going to run away with his job. He looks so much better than Royce Freeman. At Bobby Fantasy Pro, please let him know that he is smoking crack. Bring it. And then I'll remind you all in a couple months that I was right, just like the James Conner thing. <laughs> This is awesome. Go ahead. Yeah, all right. So, Royce <laughs> Freeman, I think he's lost the job. A lot of people are asking if they should cut him because they see the same thing. They know Philip Lindsay's better. I'm not playing Freeman this week, but I wouldn't quite cut him yet. Brandon, would you cut him? Would you play him? What are you doing with Freeman? No, but I, I think that what, as in like, no, I'm not playing him and no, I'm not cutting him. I am possibly pairing him with a wide receiver for a trade. If you don't want to start this guy you need to go elsewhere I don't really like anyone against the Baltimore run defense in general because I do think that they will bounce back at home this week so even Philip Lindsay I'm a little bit dubious on still starting him try try tackling Philip Lindsay Baltimore let's see what happens right right no and I agree I agree with that but I I just think that to me Royce Freeman is a classic uh, guy that could still break through and certainly, if anything ever happened to Philip Lindsay and like knock on wood, of course, we never hope any of these things, but we do have to prepare for that. Royce Freeman would be the ideal handcuff to, to, to just plug and play. I mean, he could win you your league if Philip Lindsay, for whatever reason, is not playing weeks 14 through 16. Royce Freeman will win you your championship. So I don't know if I want to get rid of him. I don't think he's untalented. It's just Philip Lindsay's playing out of his mind right now. So there's just a big difference there. Also, Royce Freeman did score a touchdown last week. It's not like he was completely useless. I mean, we act like... And he will score some, yeah. I mean, I'd rather own him than someone like Carrion Johnson or... Uh, Isaiah Crowell, you know what I mean? So, yeah, he's he's not a cut. Yeah, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's just week three. Okay, I'm going to go to a couple more running backs before we move on to quarterback. But first, I want to talk about another one of the sponsors of today's show, Lisa Mattresses. So, Tags and I got one of these bad boys. And, like, okay, you know, if you're sleeping in a bed with someone 
and you like roll off, you get up at six in the morning to start working on fantasy football because you just love your job and there's a lot to do, frankly. Like the mattress doesn't even move on the other side. No one would even know if there was a baby sleeping in the bed. The baby wouldn't even know you got up. This is the most comfortable mattress. I'm not just saying that because they're our sponsor. I'm saying it because I have one and it is amazing. I sleep so well on this thing. A quality night's sleep helps you recover from distractions faster, prevents burnouts, make better decisions, improve your memory, and overall just make fewer mistakes. It's not marketing. It is just science. To design a better mattress, Lisa leveraged 30 plus years of experience and hundreds of hours of testing to develop the perfect mattress for all body shapes and sleeping styles. And Lisa's mission is to provide a better night's sleep for everybody. Through their 110 program, they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell. That's more than 26,000 mattresses and counting. Lisa strives to leave the world a better place than they found it, but that doesn't stop with mattress donations. Together with the Arbor Day Foundation, Lisa plants one tree for every mattress they sell. They're committed to planting one million trees by 2025. Don't miss these summer savings. Get $160 off a Lisa mattress at lisa.com slash fantasy pros. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash fantasy pros. All right, so there are a couple more running backs I want to talk about. I don't know what to make of Sony Michelle, Rashad Penny. Tags, do you feel comfortable with either of these guys for, for, for this week? I'd play Michelle this week as like a RB3 flex. I, I think the upside is there. Uh, when you look at Detroit over the first two weeks, they've allowed over 350 rushing yards to the Jets and the 49ers. Three touchdowns. Like we're talking about Isaiah Crowell, Bilal Powell, Alfred Morris, and Matt Breida. I think that there's room for both running backs, Rex Burkhead and uh, Sony Michelle to produce this week. Uh, the snaps were relatively the same. We don't know how, if that has to do with the concussion. So the, both of them come with risk. But when we're talking about a game that's probably going to produce at least like 55 points this week, um, you try and get a piece of that where you can. Uh, so Sony Michelle, I would play him over guys like Bilal Powell. I'd play him over Royce Freeman. I'd play him over Derrick Henry. Uh, like that's the area where I have him right now. Rex Burkhead is like literally just in front of him in my rankings. So it, I'm not going to sit here and say I feel strongly about one or the other. I think James White is also in that area where it's like they're going to have some value in that backfield. It's just a matter of who are you starting him over? Like I wouldn't play Sony Michelle over someone like Matt Breida. One player that we didn't talk about that I want to mention really quick. If you guys have Latavius Murray on your roster, play him this week. Good call. Yeah, even if you don't, pick him up and play him. He's a top 30 back. They're going to be up two, three touchdowns the whole game. Brandon, do you like Murray as a start? Would you start uh, Sony Michelle, Rashad Penny? Yeah, I do like Murray as a start. Oh, those Bills. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, they're they're kind of making the Browns from, from 2017 look good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> seriously, the Vikings should not even play Dalvin Cook. Just take the week off, buddy. We'll just let Murray touch the ball 40 times, and we'll win by eight touchdowns. But, you know, it's really tragic because also if you have Adam Thielen or Stefan Diggs, you're also questioning, like, how much can I, you know, lean on them this week? Well, you can lean on them in the first quarter, and that's all that you need. Well, right. I mean, <laughs> is Buffalo going to score a point in Minnesota? I don't know how you do. <laughs> but, but you know what? I also could see how they might be, like, on, you know, their laurels. I could see a garbage time touchdown, you know, mm-hmm. where they just kind of, like, Like Will Disley you know, style? Um, yeah, Will Disley, like, dirty. <laughs> yeah, I think that could possibly be it. I think Rashad Penny might be winning this job over in Seattle. I can't start him or Carson until we know more. I mean, I guess I I could if I had to. Like, I would over Royce Freeman this week or Derrick Henry at Jacksonville, but it's ugly. I, I can't trust either of them right now. I mean, I don't. I think the Dallas Cowboys defense is yet to be tested at all. I don't think we know anything about them. I don't. When I look at them, there's no way to really evaluate whether they're good or not. Yeah. They played. I mean, has Sean Lee hit a wall? He does not look the same. Very weird stuff going on there. So I'm not exactly afraid of them. The Seahawks are at home with the 12s. They started the season with two home or two away games. So that's different for them. I think there's a distinct possibility that Rashad Penny scores his first touchdown this week in Seattle. I don't know. I'm, I'm <laughs> and here's the thing, like, and I'm, I'm going back and forth on this because you didn't bring up Peyton Barber, which I, I think this is also an intriguing thing going on here because Peyton Barber is the one who's really disappointed. Like Chris Carson kind of got pulled. Uh, we don't really know. Supposedly he was gassed because he was on special teams. Yeah, they said it was because of special teams or something. That's a lie. Honestly, Brandon, I think that Pete Carroll is getting is getting like literally influence from the front office saying you need to play Rashad Penny because we spent a first round pick on him. And I think it was a terrible pick. And I think now he's dealing with that. And I think that's the reason Chris Carson did not get many touches last night. I, I That's how I feel about it. But the thing is, is that like Rashad Penny didn't straight up lose the job. He got hurt and couldn't compete. 
So he wasn't as strong at the beginning of camp, which is normal for rookies. But there would have been a possibility that through preseason, he could have played up a little bit. Maybe. He's 240 pounds now. I I don't know about that. He didn't look terrible to me. Yeah, I don't think he looks bad. But I think Carson's better. But yeah, I think Penny is going to get the job. I agree. But Penny had the most missed tackles in uh, the entire draft class. He had the best elusive rating, according to Pro Football Focus. He, he actually played quite well in college his last year there. He just was from a small school. Now, no one was very productive last night. I don't want to act like that's a thing. But I, I, I think that there's a possibility that he plays well at home in the Seattle area. I think this is more of a share. I'm concerned about Peyton Barber. And I'm concerned because I don't know what the Tampa Bay offense is either because obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't going to keep throwing four touchdowns every game and going over 400 yards. Um, so at some point they're going to have to run the ball, right? But Peyton Barber's not doing anything. And now Jaquiz Rogers is in there. Are they going to activate Ronald Jones? Is Ronald Jones so bad that they can't even get him near a football field? <laughs> uh, I, I'm intrigued, but I think there is something to be picked up here in terms of waiver wire and usage. Maybe not this week, but beyond, I'm very intrigued about what's going on. There. I'm fine with Barber as a start. I mean, what'd you expect against the Eagles, right? It's the Eagles run defense. I'm not messing with them. But this week, yeah, I'm starting him against Pittsburgh. Uh, Tags, are you with me starting Barber? I have him at number 28, so I do consider him like an RB3 this week. What about like Buck Allen, man? Because obviously you don't want to run the ball against Detroit, but Buck Allen's getting enough touches. I think he's a decent flex option, especially in PPR. Yeah, Buck Allen against Denver. Um, I, I, it's obviously they're they're just a team that over the last eighteen games, I think they've allowed just three point four yards per carry, if I'm not mistaken. Again, they are on the road; it changes a little bit. This is just going to be a very unpredictable backfield between Alex Collins and him because it's it's just like last year at the beginning of the year where it's like they had this timeshare, and it seemed like any week that you wanted to predict Alex Collins to do well, Buck Allen would do well, and it was vice versa. As the year went on, we saw Alex Collins like work into the starter, and it seemed like that's what it should have been. But they've apparently lost faith in him and they want Buck Allen to play a role. So I have Buck Allen down with like theoretic and stuff like that. Like he's he's a guy that I think you can stick in flex, especially in a PPR format. But I'm not like I'm not excited about it because it wouldn't shock me if it was Alex Collins. I've got him number 36. So he's like at the end of the flex tier, like ahead of guys again, like Royce Freeman, Derrick Henry. Uh, two more plays here and then we'll move on over to, to quarterback. Corey Clement face Indianapolis. Obviously, you start him if Jay Ajayi is hurt. Um, we don't need to talk about that. If if Ajayi isn't hurt, I don't think you play Clement. But Marlon Mack, yeah, he's going up against Philadelphia. But Brandon, do you think Marlon Mack is the starter now? Mm, I think that's going to be a share all year. Oh, yuck. That's the place I'm staying away from. I want nothing to do with it. I, I got rid of all my Jordan Wilkins in my life. I thought, well, maybe he could win the job. He didn't really. But he didn't really like lose it either. It just was very unsatisfying but I'm not really satisfied with Marlon Mack and then don't forget Naeem Hines who might actually be the one that looked you know relatively decent but his role is going to be very specific in terms of the passing game I don't know I, I'm not I'm just not big on any of the Colts especially in the Eagles I don't want any of those three same, same with the Detroit backfield like just forget about it no I'm not down I I am into Giovanni Bernard against the Panthers oh yeah he's gonna be like 50% owned in DFS isn't he is he borderline, though, in season long? That's why I, I know the show was about borderline guys, and I'm just wondering if there are a lot of people that think he's still borderline. I don't think so. I think he's a top 16, 17 running back. Yeah, I've got him 16 right now. Yeah, I have him 20, so. Okay. But I think a lot of season long players don't have him like that. Yeah, that, so it, it is very good to mention. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, now, quarterback, I think it's easier this week than it has been in past weeks. You've got Brady, Rodgers, Newton. Breeze, Mahomes, some people have Mahomes number one, I don't. Stafford, Big Ben, Kirk Cousins, those eight are locks. Let's talk about the guys after them. Ryan Fitzpatrick tags, Deshaun Watson faced the Giants. Uh, a lot of people are going to say you got to start these two. I've got them in my top ten, but would you consider benching them for somebody like Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan? I have Deshaun Watson. I think you have to play him. Um, if you look at the Giants' defense, um, the first two weeks playing Bortles and Prescott, um, they flushed them out and they, they didn't even allow them to hit 200 passing yards against them, but they both ran for uh, more than 40 yards. So knowing that the weapons that Bortles and Prescott have to throw to are, are not good. Um, like seriously, Dak Prescott, like imagine if he had Deandre Hopkins. Well, when he looked exactly, when he looks at his wide receivers, I, I don't know if he just kicks himself in the junk, but Dak Prescott has got to be so pissed. They did, they did sign, uh, 
Bryce Butler earlier today or yesterday where he's coming back. He knows the offense, which might be a familiar face, and that might be the most talented wide receiver outside of Michael Gallup. But The fact that we even have to talk about Bryce Butler shows how dire that situation is. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But Deshaun Watson obviously has Will Fuller back at full health. He has DeAndre Hopkins, who's playing fine. The offensive line is a concern, but Watson should be able to provide a solid floor. So I think he's a solid play. Uh, Russell Wilson is a... That's a tough one to predict, man, because Dallas did such a good job with the wide receivers from uh, the Giants last week in terms of, like, they said to keep everything in front of them, and they did. Like The cornerbacks played it exactly how they were supposed to, and they limited Beckham and Shepard, and I know Evan Ingram had a game, but it's just tough for me to see Russell Wilson as, like, a, a great play right now because I think the Cowboys are second behind only the Bears in sacks this year. So Russell Wilson's going to be running for his life again. Uh, I have him at number 10 right now, and I, I don't even feel great about it. Yeah, that's about where I have Russell Wilson as well. Uh, I would start him. I don't feel great about it because last week was just like, oh, man, is this really what he's going to be this season? Brandon, what do you think about Ryan Fitzpatrick face Pittsburgh? Can we actually play him for the third week in a row? Yeah. I agree. It's crazy. I think so. I think Pittsburgh's a real problem. I mean, it's about Pittsburgh's defense to me. It's not even about Ryan Fitzmagic, Connor McGregor, the hotness, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I just, you know, I, he is obviously having this little mini renaissance as he rides off into the sunset at the end of the season, I'm sure. But good for him. And the good news is he plays Pittsburgh, so he'll look great. I mean, I just I, – Pittsburgh is um, – when you watch the games – and I always encourage people to kind of do the, the second round watch. That's when things really – that's when I knew I was going to be fine with the Falcons was when I watched that game again. Uh, sometimes that second, like, condensed game, like you guys were talking about the NFL Game Pass, can really help you where you're like, actually, I think they can fix that. Like, I don't think this is that big a deal. I think that defense is really good. I'll tell you what. Rewatch Pittsburgh. That defense is not good. <laughs> not not good. good. It's the opposite. And you'll be like, wow, anyone could score off this team. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. Also, I just want to say, I think it is a crime that they only have Michael Gallup on the field for 45% of the snaps right now. Uh, I don't understand what's going on with them. Uh, they don't have any of the wide receivers. Well, he's not as good of a run blocker as Terrence Williams, didn't you know, Brandon? <laughs> I mean, uh, the fact that the number one person, obviously, is Dak Prescott in terms of offensive snaps, and number two is Ezekiel Elliott. Number three is Jeff Swaim. Oh, wow. <laughs> in terms of snaps. And those are the only people playing in more than 62% of the snaps. The, sec the, the fourth person is Cole Beasley. I just... What is wrong with them? They are out of control. Out of control. Uh, but yeah, no, I think the Seattle Seahawks owe so much to Russell Wilson. They should win zero games. Without Russell Wilson, they are a disaster. And even with Russell Wilson, they're not winning games. So they, they have a real problem. I do like him. I, I, I do like him this week against the Cowboys. I do like Tyler Lockett, which we didn't bring up either, against the Cowboys. You guys, back-to-back touchdowns. He's obviously the number one wide receiver right now there, which is crazy. Um, but I, I think that people this, – this actually, I think, I think this game might be more entertaining – than what people are talking about. So I actually am targeting this game a little bit as a contrarian pick in terms of both of these teams having to just kind of scramble to like kind of get things done. I think maybe Ezekiel Elliott finally comes alive. I think this could be very interesting. You know what I can't wait for? 2020, when Russell Wilson's contract runs out and he leaves Seattle and Blake Bortles' contract runs out at the same time and the two meet, Russell Wilson, Jags defense, and they win like 20 Super Bowls in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I love it. Hey, you know, Bortles facts. Uh, no, Bortles is, he is the definition of why you go late round quarterback. And I actually like him this week if Leonard Fournette's out at home again, plays well there against Tennessee. I, I don't know how you don't play Blake Bortles if you're someone who's a streamer. So you obviously think that I'm going to win the bet between Tags and I, Blake Bortles face Mitch Trubisky rest of the season. Yeah, I do. Yeah, all right. But but part <laughs> of that is like, uh, you know, the guy has, you know, poor Trubisky. I don't, I, this isn't about Trubisky. It's about the fact that that, he, that was only his first game with multiple touchdowns last week. Uh, I, I just don't think they ever put him in a position where he can score those things, as opposed to, again, when Leonard Fournette is out or not 100% healthy, the team puts everything on Blake Bortles back it is very consistent so that's just a difference between the way that those two offenses run but yeah so for me it's about Leonard Fournette but to, but to me if later in the week we find out Leonard Fournette's still a little banged up not really as back as we thought what have you I do like Blake Bortles at home against Tennessee they're gonna have to pass the ball anyway I, I think so at least I mean I'm not starting Blake Bortles I would rather play Carson Wentz against Indianapolis even though we don't know what we have it's Indianapolis uh, tags Alex Smith face Green Bay maybe 
Andrew Luck against Philly, Matt Ryan against the Saints. There's a lot of good options this week. Which of those guys would you prefer, or is it someone like Andy Dalton? Uh, no, I mean, like, like Matt Ryan is like one of my favorite streamers of the week against New Orleans. Uh, like I would play him this week. I think that game has shootout potential, obviously, uh, with the Falcons defense being so terrible. By the way, if you have Matthew Stafford and you have like Ben Roethlisberger, start Stafford this week. Um, so Roethlisberger is someone I'm, I'm weary of, and I think some people are going to be surprised to see him at number 12 in my rankings, but I don't trust Ben Roethlisberger on the road. We've been here before. And um, like, I think looking at it, like, I think the... He didn't look good last week either. I mean, the stats look good, but... Right. He looked bad. He looked terrible. He was the number one quarterback in fantasy last week. Yeah, that's fine. But he didn't look very good um, going on the road. I mean, Tampa Bay is like this is like the ultimate test. But we've said this before, like Ben going to Indianapolis and playing them or uh, even in week one. I, I mean, Ben should have. He, he just plays so bad on the road. But Tampa Bay, if they're missing two of their top three cornerbacks again, I, I don't they don't have answers for Juju or Antonio Brown. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll rethink it, but seriously, on the road, he's just been terrible. Alex Smith is in is in a like shootout potential with Green Bay there. Washington has to come back and play better. I mean, their game script was terrible. Like their their game plan, I should say, was terrible. I don't know what happened. What a disaster. It was so such a mess. They're back at home uh, against Green Bay, so Green Bay has allowed some points to go up on the board. So Alex Smith should bounce back. Um, but yeah. It, that's where the streamers kind of end for me. I, I I wouldn't really want to stream Bortles. I know you guys talked about him, but against the Titans last year in two games, uh, he threw for just 381 yards, one touchdown, and four interceptions. It, it's a divisional game. These two teams know each other really well. So, I mean, apparently Bortles does well against New England. He doesn't do good against Tennessee. So, uh, new coaching staff, but still, uh, I'm, I'm a little weary of Bortles this week. All right, guys, really quick, defense special teams. We've got the top eight that are obvious most weeks, you know, the Bears, Ravens, Eagles, Rams, Broncos, and then we got the Browns in the top eight. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with this. Everyone I've heard is streaming the Browns this week, so if you've got a chance to pick them up, play them tomorrow night, they're a great play. Any other streamers you like, though, Brandon? Maybe uh, Dallas against Seattle? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, I think at this point you target whoever's playing Seattle rest of season. I like to target the same um, offenses. (laughs) Um, throughout the season that's just how I play defense and for the for the first time this year and I liked it uh, if I play in a team with both kickers and defense I take my kicker first my defense second because I never will have the same defense on my team like so in terms of like I'd rather just have you know uh, (laughs) you know Josh Lambeau or like someone that I know is going to always be kicking um, than having someone who's you know um, I'm going to drop in a week anyway so I think that the amount of sacks that they give up is just out of control so, um, and then, you know what, I, I just, I don't know if I'm ever going to not, you know, um, I know this isn't probably still a streamer, but I just want to bring up again, when you find some team that has someone like Khalil Mack, obviously, so, so the Bears, I'm going to follow them around. But other than that, I literally stream pretty much everybody else. So, um, yeah, this is like my favorite part of the show. I would also say that I'm interested in the Bengals versus the Panthers. I kind of like the Bengals this week. Um, you know, Cam just still holds on to the ball for a very long time. And uh, I just think that they're the Panthers are a little bit Jekyll and Hyde for me in terms of their ability to move the ball. And I think that the Bengals are surprisingly good this season. Like, I'm a little weirded out by it, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. And that's on both sides of the ball, frankly. So, Tags, I've got the Browns as my number one streamer, Cowboys number two at Seattle, and then number three, the Patriots against Detroit. Uh, I think the Patriots are usable most weeks. So if you ever need someone, worst case scenario, I think they'll get you some points. What do you think, Tags? I'd rather play the Cardinals at home against the Bears, to be honest with you. I think Trubisky, like, in terms of, like, they need to change their play calling. And from what I saw from the Bears last week, so Patrick Peterson uh, will jump a route. Like, the thing is, if they try and pull the crap that they did last week against Seattle, Patrick Peterson uh, will jump that. Buda Baker can do that. Their safety duo is decent. Um, They're going to be at home after losing an embarrassing game to Washington in week one. They've got talent. Yeah, they've got talent. They do. They have the players on there. The pass rush is decent. Um, Should be able to get to Trubisky a little bit. And the thing is to know that he's not playing with all the confidence in the world. I don't think the Cardinals are a bad play uh, at home. I also, I actually, I know not many people own the Panthers. Uh, They've been dropped in a lot of leagues. Good point. Forgot about them. Yeah, again, Cincinnati, Billy Price, the center for the Bengals, might be out. Joe Mixon is obviously out for this game. So uh, if they have James Bradbury shadow A.J. Green like they did Julio Jones last week, it's going to create some some places where Andy Dalton might have to go that he doesn't want to. Um, again, Carolina's at home, so uh, they're another choice. Man, I keep seeing – I'm looking at my Twitter stream, and I keep seeing people asking questions about James Conner. Do I sell him for uh, for Stephon Diggs, Aaron Rodgers? Yes, yes, sell him. Le'Veon Bell could come back any day. And then what do we do with Le'Veon Bell? Brandon, what do you think about these two guys before we end out our show? 
Yeah. Oh, also, I wanted to send on the other side of this. If you want to start the Jets, actually, Tyrod Taylor's the second most sacked quarterback so far this season. So you can get the other side of that, too, if you've missed out on the Browns. So I think this is going to be just a dirty, dirty game where the defenses both score a lot of points. Dirty, dirty. Uh, yeah, you sell Connor. Especially for the price you're getting right now. I mean, yeah, he's awesome, but what are you going to do? Are you going to bench Le'Veon Bell when he comes back? He's coming back. So, newsflash, so, so this came up today. Uh, the Steelers, they removed him from their death chart a little while ago, and today they've actually removed him from their, the roster on the actual ho- on the, the Steelers' homepage. So I don't know if there's anything to that, but they removed him from the actual roster. If you look up the, the Steelers' roster, he's not on there anymore. Wow. I don't think he's coming back, guys. Like, I don't think he's coming back until he has to. But what, what does has to mean? Like, other than losing, losing a million dollars almost per game, like, what does has to? Well, he has to return to by week 10. What, I, what I've been told is that he has to return by week 10. Otherwise, he's not a free agent. Like, he, he doesn't hit free agency with that. He has to go. He has to play for an X amount of games for it to be considered an accrued season or the season or something like that, where it's like the Steelers are not going to be able to tag him or it's something weird, but basically that's why his agent said he's prepared to hold out to week 10. He like made that pretty clear. And uh, to know that he hasn't shown up for the first two weeks, I don't know why anybody would think he'd show up for week three or four. This team is falling apart. Antonio Brown, that whole thing. Like it's just Mike Tomlin seems to be losing. Well, Brown's back. Yeah, but still. Yeah, he, I know, but he, he seems to be losing a little bit of control of the team, the locker room, the offensive linemen have turned on Le'Veon Bell. So it's it's an ugly situation, and I, I'm not trading for Bell. As a matter of fact, is like I tried trading him away, and I couldn't even get uh, – it was like Tevin Coleman and Corey Davis. I couldn't even get those two for Le'Veon Bell in a league. Yeah, actually, I got embarrassing, embarrassing trade offers for Le'Veon Bell on my bench, and I was like, you are out of your bloody mind. Yeah, trade for Le'Veon Bell because you can get him for cheap. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. And when he comes back, I mean, he's the best. Well, Todd Gurley's the best. But, I, I mean, Le'Veon Bell's number two, and then Melvin Gordon, so – um, I mean, you can't, you know, he's going to be there for the fantasy playoffs. If you're going to make the fantasy playoffs, go get Le'Veon Bell, I think. All right, guys, that's all for today's show. Brandon, as always, it was a pleasure. Thank you for coming on and agreeing with me about Blake Bortles over Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> My absolute pleasure and uh, happy 2018 season to you guys. It's you been well. crazy so far, but it's been a lot of fun. And remember, we've got the Todd Gurley signed jersey giveaway going on right now at fantasypros.com slash contest. Thank you to Pristine Auction for putting that on. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, where they've got hundreds of lots to end daily. Check out FanDuel Daily Fantasy Sports. We're going to be doing our DFS uh, podcast later this week to give you advice for FanDuel. And they've got all kinds of cool contests for you to check out, including some new ones. Thanks also to Lisa Mattresses. I love my mattress. You guys will love it too. Take advantage of this promo code. $160 off a mattress from Lisa Mattress. L-E-E-S-A dot com slash fantasy pros and thanks also to NFL Game Pass you can go to nfl.com slash fantasy pros and get a seven day free trial to NFL Game Pass see all those condensed games and all the goodies they have there from Mike Tagliere I'm Bobby Sylvester thanks for listening and enjoy your football I just wanted you to watch me dissolve